Episode 2, Maintaining and Nurturing. Welcome to Talking Family Business. My name is Leah Crowley and in this six-episode series, we're taking a look at succession plans, cycles and future-proofing family businesses. Today, HLB man Judd partner Stephen Preen and Western Earth Moving's Managing Director Graham Ragg are going to sit down and discuss the original succession for WEM, when Graham's father Wall handed over the reins. And we're also going to take a look at the massive shifts in industry, forcing them to remain ever nimble in their financial planning. Welcome to you both again. Thank you, Leah. Thanks, Leah. Last episode, we kind of just did an overall, you know, history of WEM and uh, HLB Manjad. But I want to get into the nitty gritty today. I want to know what the plan was. And was the plan always for you, Graham, to take over your dad's role? Thank you, Leah. Look, I think that uh, it was a mysterious time. My dad was quieter on these sort of things. Um, he was a, a hard but very fair man in all his dealings with, with work and with family. Extremely family proud and taught me a lot about those sorts of things throughout. How to look after your family and so on. And it was clear that that's what was going to happen. But he was not an easy conversationalist to bring it to the table to talk about these things. And I think that'd be pretty... Fair from your point of view as well, wouldn't you think so, Steve? Yeah, that'd be right, Graham. Yeah, yeah, on how it went, mm. but clearly, uh, you know, and I, I, another way Steve operates, he can probably pull out that first chart that he dropped with the boxes that had the family names where things might go because he's pretty good on the history. Were you spot on? Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you, yeah. you can say it. You can yeah. say yeah. it. You were spot yeah. on. And, and look, yeah. the, the journey was together all the way from there, exactly as to how it would work. So, you know, Dad and I had the ideas. And then Steve and t- team put together as to how it might work mm, and mm. how best to make it work and how best to deal with financing the arrangements. And, yeah, I can say that's 86, that's a while back. Mm. I just had total trust in their advice and still do. That's a big thing to say. Well, once you have total trust, you don't need to go back. So that's how things work. Yep. So, Stephen, in an ideal world, how far in advance should a family business start planning their succession plan, and and when should they involve someone like you guys? Uh, Leo, well, the succession plan really starts at any time. Um, there's, there's always going to be succession in some way, some way down the track, and in order to put in an effective plan, you have to think through quite a few different areas of what you need to examine. And normally, you know, the retirement plan is going to be the first plan, but that could be a way off so you've got to look at the areas in that and you follow through a retirement plan a exit plan a succession management plan an equity management plan and then your estate planning so you've sort of got five five areas which are very complex in in all and each of them needs thorough thought and progression and changing from time to time so with wall we're all back at the sort of the retirement plan phase to start with so in that area, he would have to have to consider his own personal finances and how he was going to look after the family, not only Graham, but his daughter and other sons. So that sort of process will go through his mind, even though he mightn't have been showing things. But, you know, he couldn't just walk out the door without having that, that finance arrangement for himself. Um, his actually time of when he is going to retire and then how the family is protected and also taking into account the equity equity situation in Westerns with Graham already owning um, a fair bit of the part of the business. Does that make it easier? Having a plan. 
Or have, having or, having Graham already like part owner. I think it makes it easier because yeah. you've got succession you know, in the back of your mind and Graham wouldn't have been there unless he was the right person you know, I, to start I, with. I agree with that, Steve. Yeah. I think that it's showing progressive succession is a good way to do things in the family business. It's introducing someone else into the role and the responsibilities. It's giving them um, you know, a fair go at holding the till, tiller and directing traffic and it's showing the rest of the family that um, – business is in good hands and going to continue to be in good hands. So confidence for the family. Confidence for the family and continued growth. Mm. So, you know, this is our second generation of doing the same sort of process. And you face, you know, at that initial stage when you are going to exit, obviously Wildwood faced various issues he was um, wrestling with in how he was going to deal with the family as a whole because Graham was a driving force with him. They both came into Westerns together when Arthur exited. And they both, you know, developed it and Graham was there to push it along and make sure things did go, go, go the right way and the clients' were relationships were developed and so forth. So they both had their equal strengths in taking the business forward. Geez, this, this really just sort of indicates to me at least that as an advisor, you guys have to really take it case by case and also take into consideration all the different personalities within the family business. Yeah, personalities become a big thing in a lot of businesses because, as we know, everybody's different, everybody's wants are different, everybody's emotional needs are different, and it does become a very big emotional type event because you've got a legacy, you've got something the family the family has developed, built, built upon, and you don't want to, if someone who's going to exit that business doesn't want to see that destroyed. By saying not destroyed, the answer might be that you sell the business. You don't necessarily have to pass it on to that generation because you might find that people aren't interested mm. in continuing. So mm. that's where you get into a lot, of, a lot of different scenarios where part of the family have got other expertise and you know want to pursue their own careers. Not necessarily so locked down to right. uh, to the might, family business. They might hate what their, their mother and father have been building up and just want to reap the rewards in the right manner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not yeah. I I know what yeah, you mean. Yeah, because no one wants to see it destroyed. Yeah, of course, of course. There was something that you said then, Stephen. Something about um, you know, Wall would have been thinking about this for a while, and because he'd spent so long in the business, running the business, Graham. He, how difficult was it for him to stop working? Look, it was a really um, it was a really challenge for him. You know, he loved what he was doing. Um, he loved his family and his other interests and um, you know he eventually just realized it was time and um, it was um, I suppose the conversation I'd been trying to have for a while as to where things were going and he was a bit of an artful dodger on those sort of things <laughs> and kept away from it and I was respectful enough to leave him alone and then um, one day um, he called me in and said um, you know have a cup of tea with me so I went and got two cups of tea, came back down, sat down. He said, I think it's time I go. I looked at me and packed up and walked out. Just like that? Just like that, that day, on that day. We had a, I went and saw him that night. I said, look, I need you to hang around for a while. Yeah, right. He said, no, I'm just telling you it's time to go. And 18 months later, I said, Dad, now it's time to go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so in, the, in that 18 months, he transitioned out and stepped back and back and back. But the thing he protected and I've never forgotten, is looking after our customers' interests. Mm. And one, in the last week I said to him one job, Dad, look, you can't 
you've got to stop knocking out curb and gutter on this job. It looks like Swiss cheese. There's nothing left. It is good enough. So he was our quality officer to make sure we did not lower our standards, mm. didn't let people down. And, you know, in his, in his last oh, 16, 18 months, I can't remember exactly what it was, he backed off a lot, worked less days and um, more so two of the paddocks and made sure the standards were right and that our relationships were right. And that's been invaluable. That's helped me so much with the transition through. And uh, then after that, you know, 16, 18 months, yeah, he did retire and spend more time and on other activities, which was great. So, so when this kind of thing happens, this is for both of you, you're not only dealing with the family, you're dealing with the staff and all the customers. How, how far in advance did you tell the customers, Graham, that, that Wall was transitioning out? By that stage in 2000, Certain customers related more to Dad still, mm-hmm. and a lot related to me. We'd grown the business together, and probably I had uh, he he held the, his traditional customers closely, and they would talk to him on key issues, and he'd get those done. But we developed such that we we tried to make the business not reliant just on the two of us anyway. Mm. So we'd start to branch out. That was part of the advice from Manjard. You need to have a greater base strength all the time, and you know, in the twenty years since we've advanced that considerably to do that same sort of thing. You know, as the leaders of the business, you've got to have those key relationships. You must have that. And we've always made sure that uh, Mike and I now, you know, we're available to any customer anytime. And we say, look, we can't answer everything, but you'll definitely have a full, concise, satisfactory answer within 24 hours. Mm. So, um, yeah, we, we had to bolster it out and, and make sure there was enough warning. I mean, um, yeah, that worked okay. Stephen, how important is it for the the staff to know that there's going to be this big transitional change? For something like culture, for work culture, that's got to be something that could tip it, right? Yeah. Well, it's important that they understand and people are informed of what's going to take place. But in the case of WEM, I mean, Graham was always there and they could see both of them steering the operations. So that made a hell of a difference. Whereas if you had somebody coming in cold, well, who knows what would happen? Yeah, so it's important to have that successor role being developed. Yeah, I'd, in the I'd worked phase. as a director yeah. and, and the general manager for quite some time, mm. um, quite a number of years. And in my progression through the business, I'd done everything starting off, you know, washing cars out the back of the shed and painting pegs and doing the kids' things, and then gradually going through and doing survey work and project management and all the roles through the business, a lot of estimating for a long time gradually to having the, the key relationships with customers, suppliers, and the key relationship with staff as mm. to setting standards for them and directing their activities and, and catching them doing the right thing and setting the behaviours right and that sort of stuff. So you've got to make it a gradual process. Yeah, otherwise people are going to get defensive. I, uh, yeah, and while wasn't, it's not as always disappearing. Graham used to speak to him every night in the right up to you know, his later years, didn't you, about what was going on in the business because exactly. he was interested in People could always talk to him or whatever. So it's a great, great thing to have. Yeah, I was lucky enough to still have Dad then for another 15 years after he'd retired. And uh, we spoke uh, every day, every day. And uh, I remember in um, cutting forward, it's not quite on script here, but <laughs> cutting forward to taking round to show him when it, it must have been 2014 or so, I took him around an iPad to show him some construction, some videos what was going on. And he was sitting in the back of the big chair and I, I gave it to him to look at and he started looking. He's pretty impressed. And as I walked off, 
he watched me walk and he turned it side on like looking, where the hell's the TV on the back of this thing? I just don't get it. He never understood what an iPad was, but he loved it. So the pride that he still had for the next 15 years in what everyone had achieved and was continuing to achieve, and he recognised continuously the improving standards, improving output, and the improvement in the people, which is great. So the 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 skills about encouraging and, and getting people to grow were ingrained into me early. Mm. And certainly the, the, the fact of having a strong relationship with business partners such as Manjad and others is essential. And that was, um, you know, certainly that was drummed into me from an early stage, the benefits of those sorts of mm. things. How has, um, over those years, the, the industry has changed a lot? And you guys have obviously had to adapt to that. Has that been something that having an advisory team like, you know, Stephen from HLB Manjad, it, has that helped you? Look, it really has. They've helped us benchmark in lots of ways, whether it's been changes that came in some years ago with WHS standards, environmental standards, mm. uh, ways of employing people, um, different contractual arrangements with um, larger developers, um, payment patterns, uh, Security Payments Act, various things like this along the way. We consult with these guys and get the advice on what's the right way. What's mm. the right way for us that is compliant, that still looks after our people long term? You have developed a very strong financial area at WEMS in the later years. And yep. that went back to just starting with sort of various management reports and so forth, which gave them the information they needed and developed from there because the business was growing. And when you hit bad times... You've got to be on top of it, and that teaches you a few things. Yeah, yeah we um, we can go back to a, a time, as you said, early nineties, where we were, we had a we had a good relationship with our bank, but they didn't think it was quite as good as we did mm. <laughs> <laughs> for a little while then. Yeah, right. A little bit testy, but it survived. <laughs> yeah, and it's uh, prospered since, which is great. <laughs> Stephen, how much do you have to keep tabs of the changes within different clients' industries, or are you able to? Use what you know and the knowledge you know in in mm. di- you know in in terms of business and running a business to adapt it to certain industries. No, I think you have to have a knowledge of the business and sort of know what's going on out there, where the markets are, and try and keep up to date in the areas you are working in, because things move very fast. These, especially these days, you know, ten twenty years ago, it was different different story. <laughs> Not today. Graham, would you consider yourself a proactive? leader or are you a proactive leader who who listens to advice i think i'm a bit of both i think that i'm a bit of a hothead sometimes and um you know i'll 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 sniff something that's not right and i'll sniff it twice and if i believe it i'll run it down hunt it down and drive it into the ground and then afterwards i'll find out whether i killed a rabbit or a lion (laughs) i'm not real sure but i will drive anything as if i believe it's not right for wham or if someone's letting us down badly yeah, I'll overreact probably. Uh, I think in the last um, five, eight years, I've got a lot better seeking more advice and listening to advice in the bigger picture of things and trying to get the right set of things. Because, you know, we've, we've got a much bigger team now. We've got a much, much, many more things happening. We've got a great IT department. We've got a great finance team. And, you know, we've nearly progressed now to being a data business rather than a construction business. Yeah, right. I think we can measure... We can probably someone's probably measuring how many times I blink at the moment. <laughs> there's there's someone measuring everything, which is great. So yeah, I think it's given us a lot more knowledge bank to um, consider actions before we act. But gee, we've got to consider them very swiftly now. We're yeah. acting quickly. It's one thing that's really changed over the years. 
And that's pretty good. I think it keeps us on our toes. It gives us an edge over our um, opposition at times because we're prepared to think really hard and act quick, seek advice from Manjad and others and uh, try and react on those bases. Advice, react, mm. advice, react. Yeah. That's, uh, that's yeah, the way. And you've got the information at hand to make those decisions. That comes about by putting in proper systems and developing them. And you know where you are month to month. Exactly. I mean, we used to just add up a few numbers on a page and hope for the best, I think, in the good old days. <laughs> Look at the cash and yeah. <laughs> forget about the How liabilities. in your pocket. Yeah, don't worry about that. They'll sort themselves out. She'll be right, mate, kind She'll of thing. Right, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, I get it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, <She> <laughs> yeah that's right. I think I, I think that's probably enough for, for this episode. We'll, uh, we'll we'll tackle planning a succession in in the next one, which will be really interesting. We've got a couple of different guys coming in to, to chat about it as well. Thank you both so much for being on this episode, and I'm sure we will talk in following episodes. Thanks, Thanks Leah. For further information, please visit our website, hlb.com.au. Thank you.